Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric Robinson and Gina Robinson. We're continuing our walk through Luke as we move through this part that's um, about to get a little bit thorny because (laughs) Jesus is going to once again be eating at a Pharisee's house. We've already seen him do this once in Luke. Now he's going to do it again. He's still yet to do it one more time. Luke is the only one who includes these dinners with the Pharisees yeah, yeah. that really weird. seemed to be a somewhat of a uh, an ongoing theme for Luke. I, I had mean, never noticed that before. Uh, we were we've been going through it this time. Mm-hmm. That that was that happened several just times. Just how much? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and yet Matthew doesn't mention it at all. Mark doesn't mention it at all. But Luke is sure to tell us uh, that at least three different times Jesus found himself in the homes of Pharisees having dinner with them. And so this is, at table with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, crazy because that's something you did with very closest, very close associates. I mean, you, you know, you reclined, you ate with people who you were close to. You kind of leads me to believe that um, uh, there were some Pharisees, of course, who I think yes. did follow him yes. and were interested. Right. Um, and then there were some who he knew were trying to trick him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yep. We do hear, um, as Luke will be the one who tells us actually in Acts, that it is that there were Pharisees who did become a part of this new movement um, of Jesus' followers. They were very much a part of the movement. Uh, there are Pharisees who are a part of the deliberations that are taking place in Acts chapter 15, where they're talking about whether or not how, just how much they should require of Gentiles who are going to accept Jesus. Um, so, so it's not that a Pharisee, I think we have really, really strong opinions uh, about Pharisees that just come to us almost by default. Oh, Pharisees always bad. Pharisees, we hate them. We don't want to be like them. Uh, apparently, there was some, it wasn't all bad to be a Pharisee. It doesn't make you necessarily an unbeliever. It doesn't make you somebody they were who's, very, who's bad or uh, wrong. They were very dedicated yes. to God and yes. to Scripture. Right. And so some of them obviously recognized Jesus. Yes. And were curious and did end up following him. And, mm-hmm. But others, of course, would, were curious and decided, never, hey, yeah. that's not what we thought this was going to be. And yes. And would let the jealousies get the best of them and not follow. Just so, like today. Yeah, right. It's, it, we're just talking about people being people is what we're really talking about. Um, and, and so I think, too, good to remember that in the day, The Pharisees, much more than these other groups that we think of, like if you know something about Bible and biblical times, you will have heard of Pharisees, Sadducees, maybe Essenes, who we know of as the people who really kind of kept Dead Sea Scrolls, Scrolls, (laughs) or we really have them to thank. Yes, exactly. Um, and, And even Herodians, who we don't know much about, but apparently were like their name says, they had linked themselves politically to a Herod connection. uh, And so we're really kind of connected to that, promoting that. We do hear about them in the New Testament. We hear about the Herodians, which we do not hear about the Essenes. But out of all these groups that we hear about, these different factions that we know of, the people would have looked to and responded more positively to the Pharisees by far than any of these other how about the scribes? Groups. How is that different? 
when it talks about scribes or lawyers, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in this passage. Yeah. Um, is that the same people, the scribes and the lawyers? You mean Pharisees and lawyers. Oh, scribes and lawyers. Uh-huh. Are scribes and lawyers the same? Seem to probably be the same. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Can't quite tell if they're the same. But scribes, people who spend all their time with the law. Well, so do the lawyers. I mean, mm-hmm. that, so I, is, this could be somewhat interchangeable term. Right. It seems like in this next section, there's a part where it's kind of interchangeable. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ma- but which were they a whole group sense. or did some of them belong to Pharisees, Sadducees? Yeah, I would, you might could be. It, it could easily be that a scribe could be a Pharisee, could be a maybe a Sadducee. I'm not sure how that worked. Um you would think maybe so, but I don't know. There's just some, there's enough of a, you've got enough of a quandary there because you know that that Sadducees do not have the same leanings toward the whole, what we consider the whole Old Testament as the Pharisees did. The Sadducees are only going to accept the first five books as inspired, um, whereas the Pharisees are going to accept what we accept today as our Old Testaments. That's what they consider to be inspired. So knowing that, we're just, we look at it and we try and get a handle on, okay, well then which way are these guys leading? And you Mm -hmm. can't, it'd be hard to maybe put the scribes as a whole in a box. Um, Like like we we just have more information. Seems like some of them are here eating at this Pharisee's home. And so often when we hear about Pharisees, we hear about scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes, that goes together in several places Mm -hmm. in Scripture. So it seems like these two groups are particularly tied, whereas we don't hear that about Sadducees, really, or something. So, yeah. Um, Now that we're getting, and now that while we're getting into this, we're tagging on to what we looked at last time, that whole sign of Jonah and the light in you and what it means to then Mm -hmm. let that light in yes. you which which because this lamp, starts with like while jesus eye. was speaking so yeah. he's still he's all still talking about all much, of this and yeah. then and then we immediately hear a bit about at the house of the pharisee but the context is so closely linked and we're going to find that it's also linked by the idea of this word generation that's going to keep okay. being used we said that last time just for just for y'all those who are listening now um this generation word was used five times between verses 29 and 32 it's about to be used we're going to see more times when we get to some more times as we get toward the end of this chapter and these places here comprise seven out of the ten times that it's going to be used in Luke. So it's really with that word, he is binding this whole passage together very strongly. So we don't want to miss that either. So certainly this does connect to what we've been reading so recently. Um, Now I think maybe it would be good for us to read it and uh, maybe start in verse 37 and go through the end of the chapter. We'll just kind of take this whole big bite at once and uh, and then we'll start talking about it from there. Okay. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup 
end of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give his alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers also. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you're witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation, foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who are, were entering As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Hmm. Well, well. (laughs) Uh, This is, yeah, hard to read because Jesus is going to really lay into him here. One of the harder places that he does. Yeah. Yeah. um, In in Luke certainly but in Matthew too Matthew saves this for until he gets to <laughs> until what we call chapter 23 he's not writing in chapters but you understand <laughs> um, Matthew saves this until toward the end of his gospel and it becomes such a harsh sounding blast toward this group of leaders that are just off the rails and he is letting them have it in Matthew 23 and there's actually seven woes in Matthew 23 that there's he just six lays here out in there. Luke yeah Luke so, gives us six an uneven number right uneven uh, imperfect or, yeah that's um, what I meant do we have, yeah okay yeah <laughs> sorry um, not really uneven in that no. sense. yeah right not an imperfect number is what right. I meant to say but um, an imperfect number something that is incomplete not good the idea in the Jewish mind six not what it should be not what it needs to be that may be exactly why he's using six three of them go toward the Pharisees and then this lawyer chimes in hey don't you realize you're insulting us when you say that and he's like oh yeah you and you what do you so you want (laughs) you want some of this here you go and so then he lays out three more uh toward the lawyers but he never includes concludes with that seventh which i find interesting since matthew does and so for luke to to lay it out this way is an interesting um, way to do it and forces us to wonder if he's got something else in his mind 
as if we're as if we haven't reached seven yet. As if as if there's a woe yet to come. Oh, okay. Um, that's what I wonder. Yeah, yeah, not so much still a chance, but a woe yet to come, which makes me wonder if he's really kind of almost alluding to the fact that the worst woe, the ultimate woe, mm-hmm. will be the fact that they don't see God's Messiah right. when He comes and wind up wind up killing Him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say this anywhere in Luke, but I can't help but wonder if there's a subtle. It's something, something underlying things, um, but he starts back here in verse thirty-seven because, or it starts the whole story starts in verse thirty-seven, and we find out that again a Pharisee has, I don't know, had you know brave enough, to, brave enough to ask Jesus to come to his house. I mean, surely we're just getting out about. Jesus and the kind of things that he might say and the kind of, I mean, he's already been well, at one at least great, one Pharisee's he's house. He's a rabbi that people are following him, so. Yeah, so a Pharisee yeah. would naturally want yeah. love it. If, and it, yeah. this goes, the same thing happens in 736, like you said, mm-hmm. and in that one, um, to, that's where the woman comes in and washes right. his feet with her tears and her hair, and yep. uh, the Pharisee takes exception to that. Yep. Um, that one was harsh, but it wasn't quite as harsh. We don't know exactly what that Pharisee, how he reacted afterwards. Yeah. This one, I feel we've been we know what they're going to do here. Mm-hmm. It tells us that yes. they're going to lie and wait for him to catch him. So here, I think it's stepped up a notch. Mm-hmm. It is. I think they are kind of very much lying in wait certainly by the end of this but that the Pharisee was astonished mm-hmm. to see that he didn't wash up yeah. for the meal yeah it kind of it just jumps right in there doesn't it so just the washing at the beginning didn't and this may not have been just the, that. a hygiene thing right it was probably a special washing that was required that they had required yes connected um, this to the they did a requirement of the law yep and then Jesus doesn't do it and he's appalled but whether uh, I mean maybe he just it. didn't wash his hands I don't know but right, I think it was probably a little bit more than that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so the Lord didn't but but the Lord knows what he's thinking already obviously yeah, we, I mean Luke tells us that in several places so yeah. I'm assuming that's what's happening here yeah but, yeah he's told us that yeah it doesn't say specifically that but we do assume that mm-hmm. because of how this reads because Jesus is the one who starts talking to him right off in verse 39 you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are he's full of greed and wickedness. He's probably sitting there looking at the cup and dish as he's talking. Right, yeah, they become a very yeah. good illustration. They're right here. And so everything looks clean on the outside, great. But actually there's an inside, inside there's greed and wickedness. So in this, and by this he means, is there greed and wickedness inside the dish? Well, no, obviously we're using that as a metaphor for the people. And the hearts of, of these uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, and so or they Pharisee, look good on the say. outside. They're doing all the right things on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yes, but inside and they have greed and wickedness. Right, they're all about the washings, all about the yeah, the keeping any kind of oh, yeah, rules that are made hands. about religious. I yeah, all of that. Do them at the right time, right thing, doing the right way. But inside, there's still all this wickedness. You, you fools, did not he who made the outside of the cup make the inside also? So don't think you're putting anything over on God. Obviously, he knows 
inside all about and the out. inside and right. the outside. Yeah. And so. he calls them fools. That's a pretty big, you know. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But give as alms those things that are within that are on the inside go yes. oh, as arms offer, offer them up offer your inside mm. yeah I mean right there I mean that's just a beautiful picture but um, you know that's what we should be doing that's how we because should be if We're we really do good that then that's going to show on the outside mm-hmm. and yes. everything will be clean and there it is and everything becomes clean because where the heart is I mean that's what God's really looking at looking for but then he starts in with his woes in verse 42. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe the mint and the rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. So you're so worried about tithing on even the smallest items, mm-hmm. the smallest things. Yeah. So you're so careful about that. Yeah. But you're neglecting justice and the love of God. That's right. That's huge. Oh, it is huge. And it's something that's so easy to do today, I think, too. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate how easy it is, but it is. We are a people who are prone to make sure we'll we'll look at our own little nitpicky things and get this right for God and that right for God. Oh, I want to make sure I'm living my life right for God. And we're looking at, you know maybe we are going maybe it's our very checkbook that we're going over oh make sure we're getting every penny we need to give to god take care of that but then we're neglecting others neglecting other people um neglecting people who need god's help neglecting people in our lives who need to hear encouraging words from god or to be um, involved in actually trying to better society, actually trying to be people who extend God's love into whatever circle we might happen to be in, that becomes, you know, God's not going to look at that that tithing first and say, oh, you did so great with that, everything else is fine, don't worry about it. That won't be it. But that is the inside stuff. It's Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's what's coming from the inside or those ways we treat each other. Yes. And the way we love God through our actions yes our Um, hearts are really going to come out in that yeah so so he's saying you shouldn't neglect either one that's exactly you shouldn't neglect either one that's just what he says Uh, these you ought to have done so it's not that you were doing bad by taking care of those even those little things but you you were doing that and then acting like the others didn't matter and then he goes on to his second woe. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and the greetings in the marketplaces. Well, that's a pretty easy one to put together, too. They like are, to be seen. Yep. They like to be influencers. Acknowledged as <laughs> superior. Acknowledged as having a high influence, like you're saying, in society. Being people of good standing. Um, seen as that. Acknowledged as that. I mean, this is what we seek this. This is what uh, all of us, our hearts, this is what we, we want, the adoration of people. It's sad, but we're made this way. I mean, all of us have this desire to have others fun of us. And, I, you know, I, I, I mean, we could all, we're all going to have moments where we'll say, yeah, I don't really want that. And we do have moments in our life where hmm, we may not want that right now. But really, all of us on some level, would like to be liked, would like to be even liked, admired, sought after for advice or whatever, for our skills or advice or something. I mean, this is what we're looking for. 
more light. You know, this is kind of how we know we've arrived because right. people seek us out to well, ask Well, think us about even social media and how big it is, and that's why. Yeah. Because we all can promote ourselves. That's right. Self-promotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, boy, does this ever speak to that. Mm. And then finally, verse 44, I say finally in this paragraph, this part to the Pharisees before the lawyers get involved. Verse 44, woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. Okay, now what were you saying you were finding out about this? I was saying that I really didn't quite understand this. I just thought, well, I guess, you know, people won't even know you. Yeah. But then I read something that was talking about how... um, when in the law you're not supposed to come in contact with a dead body yes or you become unclean yes and so if there are unmarked graves and people are walking over them mm. they may be becoming unclean without even knowing it uh, gotcha and yeah. so he i think so I, that makes sense here that, that makes a lot of sense you are leading people astray mm-hmm. yes they think they're coming up to you and receiving good advice or being by following your example they're doing good things and then and instead you're an unmarked great you're an unclean thing yes. and they are being made unclean by you yes. without knowing it oh my goodness they, them talking him talking to these leaders here that is so uh, yeah yeah that that makes it more serious to me yeah it does that way i think that one stands out really well now that you explain it like that yeah that seems obvious then one of the lawyers asked him hey teacher in saying these things you insult us also as if say wait wait wait, you probably don't want to say all that because you're catching us in your own net there when you're you're putting down those pharisees so Jesus, though, turns to him and says, Woe to you lawyers also. Oh, well, I have some things to say to you, too. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. That's the first thing. Okay, now this is that parsing out of the law where you just can't. There's so many things to do and so many things to watch out for now that you can get in trouble for the least little thing. Just like, just like that. Uh, Sabbath disciples, and they oh, were, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, rubbing yeah. the grain in their hands. And yeah. this was too much mm-hmm. you know so the people had to be and they had no way to deal with all of this instead of helping them yes you're making it harder on them yes and i think about the mishnah which holds all of those extra yeah laws the, and, the oral law and yeah the oral law it it's huge yeah tremendous it's as big as your bible right just yeah. full of extra rules they mm-hmm. had to keep yeah. so that's exactly what he's talking about here oh yeah And so there's that. Then woe in verse 47. Woe to you. For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses and you consent to the deeds of your fathers. For they killed them and you build their tombs. So it's like, hey, you kill them, we'll build the tombs idea. In other words, we're hand in hand in this whole deal. Jesus is accusing them of being just part and parcel with the whole agreeing to the whole idea oh yeah dad can kill him and then we'll bury him kind of idea um therefore also the wisdom of god said i will send them prophets and apostles some of whom they will kill and persecute so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation from whom the blood of abel and the blood of zechariah who perished between the altar and the sanctuary 
Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Okay. So, we're all the way from Abel, the first murder ever, to this man, Zechariah, which is not the prophet Zechariah, but is a prophet Zechariah in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 20 and 21, along with the larger story there, this is told. But so I've got all these men who spoke for God throughout the ages. And so I'm, I'm incorporating all those who I would find in God's word that have been killed because they received God's favor, stood up for God, uh, did something that others hated uh, and were jealous of on God's behalf. All of that and all of the evil that's been done so to all, them is all the prophets from all of the Old Testament. All of the Old Testament. All of there, all of the evil that was done against them is going to be brought to bear in in judgment. The judgment is going to be brought to bear on this generation. So here I have this generation mentioned again. I have this generation in verse 50. I have this generation in verse 51. Um, this generation is about to suffer greatly because they're going to be the ones that they, we're really going to see God's judgment in its big way come down fully on them. Okay. And of course, we can only think... And we talked the, about that in the podcast previously Previously, about the generation. Uh, this generation Jesus. is going to end... It'll in still, AD 70. I mean, it's right. going to it'll be, still be around. Right. It'll, be, it'll find its culmination. Yeah, this right. generation right here that Jesus is talking to. They will be scattered. They will not have... The temple will be... Eradicated. Will yeah. be raised to the ground. They yeah. will not be a distinct people. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly where he's going here. And so this generation takes us back to that, like we talked about last time, that Moses idea. If you're going to be unfaithful, if you're going to be unfaithful to me, like... Like Moses said, this generation was unfaithful, and that's why a whole generation died out. And so there was this generation that's now gone um, when Moses is talking. But then Jesus is using similar language to make it very clear that he's the new Moses. He's doing signs among the people, and God is working through him. And if you choose not to put your faith in God through Jesus, you too will be a part of a generation that gets eradicated. And that, and we know, sure enough, that that is what's going to happen. And here they're being charged with killing of the prophets. Now, no lawyer. I mean, lawyers are going to be like, they're going to be up in arms over this. What do you mean? We have never killed one of God's prophets. We are oh. not hmm. the kind of people who kills God, kill God's prophets. And yet, and yet here they are standing it's right about in front to of them. Yeah, that's exactly what's about to happen. The prophet. They have the prophet, the great <laughs> anti-type of all prophets. Um, so that's exactly what's going to happen. Verse 52, Woe to you lawyers, this is our last one, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. Wow. This one's probably the one that I hate the worst. It sounds the harshest to me. You take away the key of knowledge. People have a chance to understand me through the law. But you have taken that chance away, taken that opportunity, the way you give it to people and the way you parse it out and the way you put it before them to be obeyed 
is nothing that will ever lead them to me. So you've taken away their chance at getting to me through it the way you give it to them. You've taken away the key of knowledge. I can't get there through your system. Because you aren't willing to come inside and learn more. Now you've even hindered the people from coming inside. That's right. And learning more. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to, therefore, also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets. And you've killed those prophets. Yes. Yeah. So that wisdom and this knowledge, I think, are linked here. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Wow. Boy, that says a lot. Very ugly. Yes. So become so legalistic about your interpretations that people can't even break through that to find the God of grace. So busy trying to to follow all the rules, they never get to the heart of what the message is. Yep. Again, this is still happening. It's not like any of this is not happening today. This is still this is still the kind of thing that happens today. Very sad. In verse 53, so he goes away from there. The scribes and the Pharisees then begin. And I think so scribes here, you would think it's tied to the, the lawyers. lawyers we've just heard that's about. So scribes and lawyers. Yep. Yeah. I thought that's what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Seems to be the same. The scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. So they're really going to start. We see that a lot throughout the gospel. They're questioning him a lot of times just to test him in order to find a way to get him out of the way. So, so it's continuing to ramp up. Yeah. It's that lying up. in wait sounds like snake language to me. Yeah, it does. And nat- naturally, um, that would that perfect, makes perfect sense. Uh, and so we've called, we've heard, heard them called, heard the people called brood of vipers before, and certainly the Pharisees and scribes who are trying to get at Jesus. They're the ones who exemplify it more than anyone. So, um, wow, it's a sad text in that way, in the sense of what all is packed in here. That is just, you can hear the harshness of it. You can hear Jesus's um, just utter utter disgust he's that is he's like almost at a breaking point just whoa 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 i can't believe you people and ever since um, 9 50 when he set his face toward jerusalem mm-hmm. yeah now it just keeps ramping up yeah and it's getting more mm-hmm. uh, pointed mm-hmm. their opposition is oh yeah so I love it. It's great. It's just kind of hard to read, hard to read on some levels, but it's still beautiful. Um, and to watch what Jesus is doing to to really try and help us through these words, even to understand what it is that we need to avoid, and then stay close to Him and stay close. That's what's really important. So keep that in mind as you're reading passages like this. Next time we'll be starting chapter twelve. Yep. And I love the way it starts. Yeah. In the meantime, so mm-hmm. it's. These things are all happening. Very overlapped. It's, yeah. These are not stories that are supposed to be separated. Just so don't forget separate. where we've been when we yeah. start this next part. Yeah. And even the very the very subject of the next part, mm-hmm. the leaven of the Pharisees. I mean, it takes us right. right back to what we're reading right here. This is very right. taking once or two. So away. we'll build on this as we go. Well, thank right. you all for listening. Loved having you. Can't wait to talk to you again next time as we enter into chapter 12. Hope you have a great few days and God bless you all. Thanks.